have been cordially invited to the Eternal Slumber Party. I feel like I encapsulate how I how I look encapsulates how I feel in that I look like I'm fucking dead right now. <laughs> okay. Listen. I'm listening. I have no thoughts in this brain actually. Um my brain cells are still standing on the convention floor next to Skeet Ulrich. That's all yeah. I have to say. <laughs> I have no thoughts anymore. <laughs> so as I've mentioned in previous episodes, we are doing a mass recording. So yesterday, we are currently recording on a Sunday, and the Saturday before this recording session, we went to Monster Mania, where we got to take pictures with Nev Campbell, Ski Ulrich, and Matthew Lillard. <laughs> and it was one of the greatest experiences of our lives. Um, if you Nev Campbell see... called us ladies. Uh, we do did. have we have a little video on our Instagram of the pure reaction afterwards. Yeah, where we are just see exactly how we reacted immediately after meeting Skeet and Matthew. Mm-hmm. It's out there. It's out there. We were fangirls. We were just so smitten. We were so excited, and now we are exhausted. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so like. All right, let's talk about our weekend because this was one of my favorite weekends in like this whole year. Like this is one of top five weekends, I feel like. I feel so honored that I'm because part of your top five weekends. Christy, you're part of four of my five top five weekends. Let's be honest Aww. here. <laughs> Aww. So Friday after work and after yoga i pick up a certain someone from the train station and immediately b- before picking the certain someone up from the train station i see a massive gorgeous red fox need to put that out in the world amazing then kirsty shows up out of the blue wasn't planning it just kidding she's the one i was picking up from the train station and we go to walmart and i would like to state for the record that we are both completely sober at this point we see Stranger Things Eggos in the frozen breakfast section of Walmart and we lose our goddamn minds because the back of these boxes have trading cards on them and we for minutes are just searching through the entirety of this display to find the different trading cards that we want for Eggos. The importance of adding why we were sober is because if you were to pass us in that aisle there was a very (laughs) frantic we've not eaten in days starving laughing our minds off energy that we were giving off turning every box over (laughs) in this display trying to find the right seasons which also just saying is the frozen aisle so we have a freezer door open digging through all of these different ego boxes which they're not the small boxes they're 24 packs of egos we get two boxes of Egos so we can get season one and season three trading cards on the back. Then I go, hey, 
we should see if they still have the ice cream. So then we run down from the pizza to the ice cream section and get excited because we find the ice cream. We boo hiss the void ice cream because uh, the real ones know that's the worst, <laughs> worst flavor out there. It just tastes like chemical. The real ones experience our live reaction to that. And if you weren't there, sorry, it's lost forever. Yeah, sorry. So we walked out of Walmart with exclusively Stranger Things themed food to eat on Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we also got the pizza. We got Surfer Boy pizza as well. Yeah, we got the we got cheese the pizza. and we got the jalapeno pineapple, which if you like pineapple on pizza, so good. Oh my God, that pizza was so good. It was really good. Um, And the- Loved it. It wasn't that spicy. I will also say for people who can't really do spice, the mm -hmm. jalapenos on it was not- completely seedless yeah so there was not a whole lot of kick to it at all and the the sweetness of the pineapple and the acidity of the pineapple really balanced it out so there was not a whole lot of spice to it it was really well balanced it was if you delicious. don't like spice yeah mm. the cheese pizza by the way <laughs> super well like a lot of italian it seasoning had, it was it not had. a basic frozen cheese pizza it was mm. delicious it was also super good it was so good. Um, all Walmart exclusives, and I do not live very close to a Walmart, so I am mourning the loss of the pizza. <laughs> I ate the pizza, and I really wish I could have it again. It was so freaking good. So good. We're going to have to get more. Yeah. So then we we go back to my house. This is the first mm -hmm. time Kirstie's ever been to my house, so she's experiencing for the first time the fact that I live in the middle of fucking nowhere, and then like the real homie she is helps me carry a couch up from my basement just like walks yeah. into my house is bombarded by my cat and then helps me carry a couch from the basement and i'm just like we got a real one here <laughs> you say as if you did not help me move this summer but yes we carry a couch up my get the couch immediately becomes chaos because now there's two couches yeah. in my living room <laughs> So there's double couch action going on. We set it up so we can watch the movie, which we will be talking about today. We get that set up. We get our pizzas. We get our ice cream. We wait until the morning to have our waffles because, you know, there's only so much we can handle at what point. Yeah. Yes. But we proceed it, to watch this movie that we're going to discuss. Yeah. And then... In reasons that will be explained when we start talking about this movie. After that, I then decide to take Kirstie on a journey. And I once mm -hmm. again gonna put this on the sound waves. In the way that Kirstie hid her Taylor Swift obsession from me for the first six months of our friendship, for the first how long has it been year and a half now of our friendship? Yeah, about I have hidden the fact that I have I wouldn't say obsession. An extreme like of the content made by Markiplier. <laughs> so I'm I sorry, is an extreme like just you love his content? Yeah, but I didn't know how else to say it besides obsession. Listen, okay. no brain cells. Okay, Skeet has my brain cells. Calm sorry down. about it. Right, sorry, sorry, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Please sorry, continue I'm sorry. explaining our weekend. Thank you. So Markiplier, for those who don't know, have these choose-your-own-adventure videos on his YouTube channel. They're the ones pinned at the top if you want to see them. And I took Kirstie on the journey that is the choose-your-own-adventure Markiplier videos. And we stayed up in true Eternal Slumber Party fashion until 
almost three o'clock in the morning, just yeah, eating Stranger Things food and watching Markiplier videos. It it was such a wonderful night. We were laughing. We were cry laughing. We were up so, so late. Then we went to bed and then we had to wake up the next morning to get ready to go to this convention and drive to this convention. And not just get ready. Your girls dressed up. Yeah, we we got we we dressed up. I, I cosplay. I'm not going to a convention out of costume. It feels wrong and it feels rude to the con itself to not <laughs> be a cosplay. Well, to this con let's just say your welcome convention <laughs> and then we were there we got stuff we got bath bombs uh margo got a sick new hoodie want to show sick off the hoodie, new hoodie for the camera it says woodsboro high school senior class of 1996 and for those who don't know that's a scream reference woodsboro is the town that scream takes place in and all of the main characters were seniors, 1996, and that's the year that the movie came out. Yep. And I love it, and I am so happy that I got it. It fits perfectly. Big fan. Yes, it. it's wonderful. Um, yeah, got our pictures with Nev, got our pictures with Matthew and Skeet. We did not get autographs. We unfortunately did not make the cutoff for autographs. Which is, we went through an entire, like, process, emotional processing of we that. We did go through all five stages of grief. We, um, we really did. <laughs> we briefly considered coming back today just to get signatures. We almost did. Um, here's the thing. I had the girl math, and then I, I real mathed my way out of it. Or no, I girl mathed my way in. And then I real world financed my way out of it. Yeah. Because it would, we would not have. It would any have been a left. lot more money. <laughs> yeah. And I think overall, though, it was a wonderful time. We, it was really fun because this was my first time experiencing people wanting to take pictures of me. Like, yeah, I know you you've experienced this before cosplay, as a cosplayer. So you, it's the first time it happens. It's a really, you feel very fucking famous. Oh my god, it was so fun. Like, so we had our bejeweled scream masks, and it was very fun because there were a bunch of other scream like ghost faces walking around, and they would just like wave at each other. And so, like walking through these like booths, it's like high Barbie but with ghost face. It was literally high Barbie, but ghost face was waving their bloody knives at each other, and it was just so good. But we had people asking to take our picture. It was like, I loved it. I can see now why people cosplay and I want to do it more. <laughs> My wallet is not prepared for this. <laughs> I am so happy I finally got someone to want to cosplay with me. Because it is, I... you do feel famous. You feel like how Taylor Swift feels a little bit like when you're walking down and people stop you to take pictures and be like oh my god she looks so good you feel fucking famous um i also this is how much this made an influence on me i told kirsty i'd be willing to consider wearing a wig yeah that was big news which for those who don't know i my weird fear is hair i do not like hair 
it take like if I'm comfortable with you and I know you, I don't mind touching your hair. But like, I don't share hair ties or hair like items. I don't like touching people's hair. It like really freaks me out. Like my biggest fear is like like being covered in strangers' hair. I ugh, I hate it. So wigs freak me out. And that's how much I love this was that I'm willing to consider wearing wigs. I am just excited because that means someone else is going to dress up with me to conventions. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> got you. Yeah. So very excited for future cons where we can dress up more. I don't know what else to add. Like, I'm also very tired from yesterday because I had to, like, take – I took public transportation out to the middle of nowhere, had to take public transportation back. And on the weekend, the regional rail system in Philadelphia runs once an hour. And then after a certain point, it runs once every two hours. So we were manically trying to <laughs> That is the thing. After the convention, it took so long to get the pictures of Skeet and Matthew that we had to, like, book it out of there, go back to my house, try to get Kirstie to a train station before the train left. Because once the train left, you had to wait another hour. Missed the first train at the first two stations, drove all the way to like one way farther closer to get you yeah. on there. <laughs> so we did have a bit of an adventure wild. because even after I take the train, I then have to hop onto a subway to actually get back to my apartment. Yeah. Um, so and at a certain point, it's like it's too late to be walking around some of these stations alone at night. So I was like, we have to go or I'm staying again or I am living at your house again <laughs> another night. <laughs> Which would have been equally as fun. We would have had another sleepover, and that had also would have been fun. Fantastic but time. We would have been even more tired today, but oh my god, yeah, we would have been dead. We would not have been functioning today. But... I would have been like, sorry, no episode this week. I can't edit. I'm dead to the world. But yeah, that was our weekend. I love Did it. we say that we're what we're reviewing Five Nights at Freddy's? No, we didn't. So okay. we're, we're reviewing Five Nights at Freddy's. That was the movie. That was the movie we watched, and I really wanted to watch it before going to the convention because Matthew Lillard's there and the Five Nights at Freddy's people were there. So I changed our schedule specifically for that. Which um, I think I loved it because there were so many people in full cosplay of the different animatronics and they were all yeah. so good. They were there were some solid animatronic cosplays. There really were. I there was in it, awe. It was fantastic. Yeah. So Five Nights at Freddy's. Let's talk about it. Um Yeah. So Do you want to give a little bit of history on like the video game and I'll pull up the I movie do. synopsis? Okay, great. You. Okay. So Five Nights at Freddy's is a horror game franchise. It's an indie horror game franchise created by Scott Cawthon. The first video game was released on August 8th, 2014. And it is probably one of the most popular video games of all time, I'd say. Like, people who don't know video games know Five Nights at Freddy's. It really did blow up, I would say, out of nowhere. Because, like you said, indie game, it was not... It wasn't super popular. Uh, or, it was super popular. I'm saying it wasn't made by the big gaming companies. Like, the big popular gaming companies. It was it's indie. It's not a AAA game. It is an yeah. indie game. And it is 
I think one of the reasons why it's so popular is because it's very unique in its style. So a little bit of context for the first game. Um, also, I just want to say, if you want to know about the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's, you're going to have to go on your own deep dive because I'm not even kidding you. It is one of the most convoluted lore, video game lores that there are out there. So basic premise is Five Nights at Freddy's, the video game, you are a security guard at this old pizzeria that has some animatronics in it your job is just watch the cameras for the night and you cannot move you are only sitting in the chair your only abilities are to look at the cameras put the cameras down open and close doors around you that is the mechanic that you have and the big thing is these animatronics that you're supposed to be watching if you don't have the cameras on them, they move. And if you aren't watching them, and if you aren't putting the doors down at the right time, they will get you. And you only have a certain amount of power. So you can't just keep the doors down the whole time because then you'll run out of power and then the doors will open and then they'll get you. So very stressful, very scary, very jump scare oriented. That is the beginning premise of Five Nights at Freddy's. There is a whole world that you can get into after that. But it rocketed to stardom because of YouTube Let's Plays. Yeah, this is also around the time when YouTube Let's Plays were becoming really popular. People were starting to get in on it. Um, PewDiePie, Game Grumps. One of our favorites, of course, Markiplier. Markiplier. Um, also, Game Theory by MatPat is a big person in this as well because he does entire theory videos based off of the lore of it. So, and I will say, I don't know if I told you this. Um, so Markiplier is known as the king of Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, I'm aware. I've seen all of the Markiplier Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, that's right, Freddy's that's right, that's Let's right. Plays. Okay, you're right. I like you're Markiplier. Right. I'm just not, I was never much of a fan of his. I was more of a Game Grumps girl. See, the rules have reversed, ladies and gents. Yeah. <laughs> but so... Markiplier is known as the King of Five Nights at Freddy's because he's one of the most popular people to completely play through and beat the games. His playthroughs are so well-loved, one of the biggest people to play this. And so one of the reasons why these games got so big is because these really famous YouTubers were playing the games and just blew up. So they made a movie based off of this. Do you want to read the synopsis of the movie? A troubled security guard begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. While spending his n first night on the job, he realizes the late shift at Freddy's won't be so easy to make it through. Uh, this is a scary movie. This scary movie is rated PG-13. So just know, going into it, PG-13, and this is a lore reset. Um, I did see that around people who are mm -hmm. much more into the Five Nights fandom than I am. Uh, because a lot of criticism I saw of the movie is that it didn't follow the lore. Or it did try to follow the lore. And it was following the lore of each different game. And what I was seeing from bigger fans was saying, when you realize this is a lore reset and its own thing, not just the game but in movie format, it's much more enjoyable. And I have to say, yeah. this movie, great. Loved it. I liked I... this movie a lot. I have heard a lot of critique, like one person was like, oh, 
you like they they tried fan service but they didn't like it, you could tell that this was, this was a movie for the fans and they made this just for fan service but then they didn't do the right amount of fan service and i'm like i would disagree with that i don't think they made this for the fans like if scott scott cawthorn cawthorn wrote the script for this movie so like this is coming from scott so i feel like i don't know yeah. i just i feel like i think part of it too is that i went in with no expectations like go into this movie under the premise that it's a scary movie yes it's based off of a video game it's a pg-13 movie geared towards teens yeah this is not a movie that is going to be the ultimate scary like i don't know i just i think people had too high of expectations for this and i liked it i really liked it knowing what i know about the game this is exactly the kind of movie i thought that they would make it has to be pg-13 the majority of the fan base for five nights at freddy's is younger kids like kids and teens um they couldn't make it r and make it scary but quite frankly i don't want it to be scary rated r scary that's not what i would have wanted it's much more i thought it was spookier that it was just regular animatronics very chucky e. cheese-esque yeah going into it i thought that was scarier but let's stop teasing the audience let's get into it let's start talking let's get into it about it and the first thing we want to talk about the first way this movie opens which is why we talk about markiplier fun fact the security guard that we see was supposed to be mark yeah, so I believe he spoke about it on his podcast that he has. I think this is where he talked about it, but he, or it was in an interview, I don't remember where he said this, but he did say originally the plan was for him to be this security guard in the opening scene. It did not work, but they are going to be making more movies, so. Because important side note here some of the biggest YouTubers for the Let's Plays and game theories and everything did make cameos in this movie, yes. which is why we have to bring it up. This The opening was supposed to be Markiplier. Very said that he couldn't do it. There was filming conflicts, I think is what Mark said yeah, so with his own movie. So He's making his own movie right now, which when it comes out, we will be fucking reviewing that and watching that. I don't give a fuck. But he could not make it to film for this movie. It's okay. There's always the next one. So we open. There's an original. There's a guard. He's running Ooh. through. He's going Fucking through vents. Panicking. The man's yeah. panicking. He's scared. And then they have this fun little shadow reveal of like a bear outline. And it's Is it a bear? Ines. Yeah, because it was Freddy. Oh, I thought it was Foxy. Okay. I think it's Freddy. Okay. But it's like this fun little shadow thing where it's just the silhouette. And I think it's Freddy. In mine, I think I have Freddy. Okay. Well, because the reason why I thought it was Foxy is because there I have a note that there was singing. Like we hear some like boom, 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 boom singing. And anytime Foxy shows up in the game and in the movie, they're singing. Yeah. My notes say that this is Freddy. Maybe it was both of them. Here's the thing, because I do remember the singing. The singing was happening. I think that they did the shadow thing for Freddy because it's Freddy Fazbear's okay. Pizza. Yeah, that makes sense. Then we see the, like, there's these kids' drawings 
and stuff. Kind of like that you see, like as he's running through, you see kids drawings of the different animatronics. It's giving this very creepy factor. You're being taken through essentially an abandoned Chuck E. Cheese, which is pretty spooky in and of itself, just imagery wise. Did then you we go have... to Chuck E. Cheese a lot as a kid? Um, I went once or twice. I always wanted to go more. Never did. I did have a friend like in one of my elementary school classes who got so sick after going to a Chuck E. Cheese, she had to go to the hospital. Holy fuck. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. She got fucking ball pit, man. Disgusting. Have you seen those theories about the Chuck E. Cheese where like they take pictures and the cheese, like the slices of pizza are so clearly not from the same pizza? Oh, I've, I've seen stuff like that. I also see, could see them if they're just making a bunch of fucking pizzas, then you're just trying to like, if someone only gets like a few slices, because I think you can order by the slice if you're there. That's and not what a people party. were saying. I just think it's so funny that people like the conspiracy theories around Chuck E. Cheese, I think are some of my favorite, like half urban legends from our generation. Honestly, Chuck E. Cheese feels like an urban legend. It's so funny. I love it. But we have the security guard. He's now tied up on this. I don't know. Like, what would you call that thing that he's tied up on? Like, he's restrained. It's like a, I would say it's like a dentist style chair, but also like a electric style chair. So, like, imagine a dentist chair, but your hands are in handcuffs, essentially. They're like clamped down to the arms. Yeah, kind of like operating table to revive frankenstein tilted up horror movie thing yeah and he's being shoved and then you see freddy fazbear suit maybe that's why i'm confused with freddy because freddy does come later and he's like being shoved into the suit like you see the suit getting attached onto yeah. him and he's being shoved in so i don't think that's the. it was not very clearly explained i guess that is freddy I think that there's a possibility that there was more than one animatronic in this opening sequence chasing. I definitely think there was. I think just yeah. the shadow reveal, because I love when they do shadow outline reveals yeah. for big franchises like this. Oh, it gets me every time. I get so excited every time I see something like that. Could not tell you why. It just makes my little heart so happy. <laughs> so... Basically, he's in this chair, and Freddy Fazbear's face is open to we see like razor blades and what are those called? Like the wheels with the gears, gears, but like sharp ones with knives on the end. Saw, like saw yeah. blades, like a saw blade. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a saw blade. <sighs> It's just coming at him, and then it kind of cuts a little bit further. You see, like, flashing lights, you hear screams, because, again, this is PG-13. But he is basically eaten up by this robot suit. Spooky yeah. as hell. Then they start the opening sequence, like music sequence, title sequence, whatever, and it's graphics from the game, but it's not, like, the actual game that you play, but rather mini-game cutscenes that happen in movies, or in the in the games to do the lore and you see all the characters and I was just living for it. I'm not even that it's big of a so fan good. of Five Nights and I was just eating it up. I was, thank you so much. This movie, I'm so happy. The styling of it was so good. It was like, it 
the perfect like 80s arcade style pixel based game and then yeah. overlaid was the classic i feel like this is the thing in which we go all right scott you're copying the duffers now because it is the 80s synth heavy bass a little mm-hmm. bit spooky a little bit creepy theme song and it slaps it slaps it's so good so good and I just that opening sequence I feel like was very very good very much oh it was it. it was fantastic it had me edge of my seat so hyped for this movie then we get our favorite in the whole world Joss Hutcherson he shows up from this dream just like wakes up we lose our minds collectively because we love Josh Hutcherson so much that man hmm you want to talk about childhood crush so kersey's childhood crush matthew lillard who we met yesterday my childhood crush josh hutchinson don't get me wrong i also had a crush on josh hutchinson bridge to terabithia margo and i talked about it this started with bridge to terabithia bridge to fucking terabithia yeah, the Hunger Games girlies, no, you don't understand. We were there, Bridge to Erythia, getting ourselves traumatized. Traumatized. Trauma. Falling in love I with this man. In love, truly in love. He did so well in this movie. He's such a good actor. Like, he truly Amazing. is such a good actor. Yes. So we open, it's him. He wakes up from a dream, he's rushing around. He's looking for his little sister. Yeah, he's trying to get ready for the day. Part of that is getting ready um, and getting his little sister ready for the day. She is not in her room. She's like not in her bed. Kind of freaks out. We find out that she's in this little fort that she made and she's sleeping in the fort. Um, I would just like to side note here. I loved making forts. As a kid, I saw that and I was like, that's some shit yes! I would do. Same. I would make Same. forts and there's like this little space behind my bed because I used to have a window seat. Then we took the window seat off. Then we put my bed in front of the window, but didn't quite fit. So there was still like just this gap between yeah. the window and my bed. I would sleep back there. I made myself like this little nest, a little fort. And that's where I would just hang out is right behind my bed in this little fort. Loved it. That was my favorite place to be. When we do promo pictures, can we do pictures in a like fort yeah i actually very recently i made dr boyfriend build a blanket fort with me we shut the fuck up we had a little yeah i have i'll send you a picture later stop it um it's not too disgustingly cute yeah we made a little blanket fort and that's where we spent like a night it was like cold it was winter we built a blanket fort and watched tv and it is so so much fun i recommend as a date night activity to build a blanket fort with your significant other just to the podcast universe do it it's a lot of fun it's very sweet i'm angry at how cute that is i'm sorry anyways so he like we have this like flashback essentially while mike slash josh is waiting in this waiting room. We get a flashback of him working as a security guard at a mall. 
we see him going to get ice cream. He's talking to this girl. We kind of are getting this idea. Shit's a little bit rough because the other thing that we didn't really talk about, we see him have this book on dream theory. Yeah. And he's talking to someone about how he's trying to lucid dream and control his dreams so he can't like, and this theory that you never forget anything. It's all in your head. You just have to unlock it. Mm -hmm. Then he's getting some ice cream. We see the kid. The kid's taken by an adult. A little bit of an altercation. That sends like here's the thing. No, like between the kid take being taken by away by the adult. Okay, yeah, yeah. A little tense. Like kid doesn't want to go with the adult. That sends Mike off the deep end where he then tackles the person into a fountain. The scene immediately stops there. We are now in an unemployment office. Yes. That is when we meet Matthew Lillard, who is the career counselor, um, William Afton. We So he's known as Steve Raglan when he's in the career counselor office. Yeah. And I only know that because I literally have a screenshot of Because it we have it right pulled now. up right in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> so his name in this is Steve Raglan. Um, he's talking to Josh Mike and being like, hey, you clearly can't keep a job. What's wrong with you? Like, what's going on? Insubordination, all this different stuff. And then it's like, hey. He you beat up. Yeah. He sees something in his file and he's like, I have a job for you. He reads his full name. That's the thing is he reads Mike's full name, first and last name. He says his first name, Mike, second name, like sees the last name, closes the file and starts being like, your options are limited. I have a job for you working nights at a security guard at this other place. He, Mike, a rejects it he says he can't work nights what happens next is we see mike and this other woman talking to a counselor a principal another adult woman about abby and that's when we learn a lot more about the backstory here that mike is taking care of his younger sister abby his aunt wants to take custody of abby abby's not doing too well because their mom died and their dad is no longer in the picture. Unclear what happened to the dad, if he unalived himself or if he just kind of dropped off the face of the planet because he couldn't cope with losing his wife. We also, before before having the, the conversation with the teacher, we have a few other things that happen. Um, he gets an eviction notice on the house and we have yeah. the first dream sequence. And this dream sequence shows it's a flashback to when Mike's Mike, a kid, they're yeah, out camping. Kid. It's him and his parents and a younger brother. And his mom is like, I need to grab something. Watch your brother. He looks away for a minute, looks back, and his brother is gone. He cannot find his brother. His brother is being taken in a car, essentially. Yeah, his brother and was kidnapped. He blames himself for it. They were never able to find anything about his brother, anything about the person who took him complete mystery this kid's just gone yeah mike so, has been trying to lose a dream to try to figure out if he can find figure out who took him find any information on that we also learn at this moment that or like within this time period that his sister has an invisible friend this is important 
So his sister has an invisible friend. We learn that his brother got kidnapped. His aunt's trying to get custody. This movie takes place like in the 90s, right? This is about like the 90s. Um, So it's age undetermined. Everything it's... looks very 90s vibe. They don't have cell phones. I think they don't like late use 90s, any tech. Here's the yeah. thing. They don't show TVs. They don't show tech. We just know he's poor. Sister likes to draw. Aunt wants custody of her. Little sister's not super keen on that idea. Sister wants to stay with her brother. The counselor, teacher, I don't know, social worker person. I don't think they ever really explained who she was in the context of they said this dynamic. That doesn't clarify anything. Yeah. So this lady is trying to be like, we want to keep families together, essentially. Abby really loves you, Mike. She, You are her entire world, basically. Yeah. Mike does not have a job. He's not sure what to do. He doesn't want to lose his sister, so he takes the job working overnight, and yep. he's going to have the neighbor continue to babysit. And we get this wonderful little montage of Mike coming into the building for the first time, looking around, seeing the different, like, turning on the power and stuff, and it is overlaid with a recording on the phone in the office that is voiced by Matthew Lillard. Now, this is important because the game starts with a phone recording of the owner being like, here's how you take care of this. Like, this is all the different steps. And this very, very famous line, he starts it off going, hello, hello. And that is, I feel like, extremely popular. This little hello, hello, which I did say, I did see this criticism where it was like, if they had had Matthew Lillard start the voice recording like that, that would have been like. That would have been really good. Mwah. But yes. Yeah. So, but Matthew becomes the voice over the phone, which is like, ooh, love that. Love that little thing. And then he gets this videotape that's like, you're the new security guard at five, at, at five nights at Freddy's. You're the new security guard at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. We get a little bit of creepy moments like it the tape stops at the creepy moments and like it glitches out when they're showing the animatronics but it's essentially you are a security guard you are just here to make sure that nothing goes wrong it and, also explains the animatronics and how they work and yeah being like they're designed to be able to walk around and move like it does explain the animatronics can move it's cutting edge and the reason why he is a security guard at freddie fazbear's this is a closed building. It's been closed. Kids went missing here. Like, it's closed down. It's not open to the public anymore. But yeah. the owner doesn't want to get rid of it. Sentimental guy. And he's trying to protect the animatronics because they are so advanced. They're proprietary property. Like, it's a big deal. That is, like, the only thing that Mike has to do is make sure the place doesn't get vandalized, that no one steals anything, sit tight in that office. All he has to do. And he opens a locker and we get our first jump scare. And it's of Balloon Boy. Balloon Boy. Which for those who have not played the game or maybe has, haven't played the game with Balloon Boy, it's like this little boy who looks like he is made of 
balloon animal balloons, essentially. Like, he is shaped like a balloon animal friend and is terrifying. And I will post it in our little carousel yeah. balloon boy so you can really see because I don't know if I'm doing him justice. But he's creepy and he's one of the biggest jump scares. And I'm very glad that they included him. Yes. I also will say one of the shots on the cameras of the animatronics behind the curtain is one of the classic exact shots from the game which was very cool so So, a lot of this montage is a lot of tutorial nods classic game pieces really good easter eggs for the fan for the big fans so one thing i will say too is that uh at no point in this entire movie does mike actually do his job no he passes out for night one he falls asleep because he's trying really hard to lucid dream and you have to repeat everything step by step so he puts like this picture this poster of nebraska on the wall he plays bird sounds um he falls asleep and he's trying really hard to like keep this dream going yes so he he has his dream again and this time the dream is different He chases after the car. He can't see him. He turns around and there are five kids behind him. Yes. And he tries to ask them about what did they see? Did they know anything? And the kids all run away. He wakes up. Night one is done. He survived the night. Heads home. And then we get (laughs) the scene with the aunt. The aunt's lawyer, who we need to take 30 seconds to talk about that fucking lawyer, is hilarious. Yes. Um, I would really quick like to say, before we jump into the part I know you want to talk about. Yeah. Aunt, lawyer, neighbor, and I'm assuming neighbor's boyfriend, they are all getting lunch together at this, like, Waffle House-esque sort of diner. Yeah. I want to know, because the theory is the aunt only wants to take Abby for the monthly check from the state that um, Mike gets to raise her. She's only doing it for money. My question is, and I wanted to talk this so bad, how rich is this woman to have a lawyer on standby? And how much is this fucking check? Because he's still poor, still about to be evicted. Like it, it can't possibly be that much money to go through all of this effort in hiring a lawyer. Okay, to get a so, kid who doesn't want to be with you. And you don't really even want the kid. So, to talk about more YouTubers. Jack Septikai, Sean McLaughlin, and Ethan Nestor have a podcast. And I was listening to it last night and this morning. They talk about this movie. And they were a little bit more critical of it. They didn't like it as much, which is fine. They know a lot more about the games. I think they were expecting, you know, a little bit. Or they didn't say whatever. They were a little bit more critical of it. <laughs> And they were like, this doesn't fucking make sense. She's loaded. How much is this fucking paycheck that she's willing to go through this? Like, it doesn't make sense. It It, really doesn't make sense. Based on what I know about government assistance, it's not going to be that much money. And if she really needs that extra bit of cash, why does she have this lawyer on standby? I I will say I think that's a huge plot hole Yes, because there seems to be absolutely no connection between the aunt and the rest of this family. I would be very surprised if the aunt did care 
about like genuinely wanted to take care of this child because she has zero regard for her nephew mike would be her nephew abby is her niece zero regard because i think if she actually wanted to help and take care of them she wouldn't be like i'm gonna get custody i'm gonna file for custody because she does give mike custody papers saying she's gonna go to the courts and file for custody yeah it just doesn't make sense. Like, this is a huge plot hole, I will say, for this movie. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. The only thing I can think of is that people are greedy and they want whatever money they can get. And if she can get that extra money from the state, maybe she wants it. But she, I, I agree with you 100%. Massive plot hole. It's it's the one thing I'll, I will say with any... It's one thing that I say this movie doesn't make sense for that reason is they really gloss over what I think is the most important conflict and his motivation is to save his sister. But by all regards, it would make more sense to have the aunt take care of his sister and like help out. But again, we don't need to dwell on it. I just really wanted to talk to you about that because I did have a huge issue with it. And they never really address it in in the rest of the movie. It's just kind of this lingering plot hole. I know, I agree. I think that is a pretty common sentiment. Yeah. Anyway, at this Waffle House diner, they are not planning on getting any food, which is very rude. I have to say, if you're going to go to a restaurant, you have to get food. You can't just go sit there. You have to order something. But they don't want to order anything. They're not hungry, even though it's lunchtime. And the waiter comes over, and he starts razzing them like, what? You're not having another lunch? Well, that's no fun. Why the fuck are you here at my table if you're just going to not order anything? And Margo, why don't you tell us who the waiter is? The waiter is MatPat. <laughs> I do not know who MatPat is besides the name that I think people call him as a joke, Matthew Pathew. <laughs> I only know Matthew Pathew, the man, the myth, the meme. So Matt Pat no is the one that I is. mentioned earlier who does the Game Theories YouTube channel and has, I think people would say, some of the most extensive lore explanation videos of Five Nights at Freddy's, one of the top Five Nights at Freddy's content creators. So he has this little cameo. He does such a good job, and I love it so much. It makes me so happy. It was fun. Um, for it, that is again one of those little Easter egg things for the real fans to have Matthew Pathew be the waiter. Just a small little cameo. Loved that. We, we also know- learn this. Yeah, so this is where we learn the babysitter was working with the aunt to prove that yeah. Mike wasn't fit to be custody. She the which- lawyer. The lawyer's like but, freaking out. He's like, I can't be part of this conversation. I, this is illegal. Lawyer this is, is literally like, I illegal. shouldn't be hearing this. And then there's a moment where the the guy, the brother of the babysitter is like, well, we could kill him. And the lawyer tries to get up to leave from this booth in which he is in the corner. Yeah, he can't leave. It's and people are talking so about murder. It's so I will so forgive funny. the plot hole of the aunt wanting all of this money from this check. I will forgive it for the hilarity of that scene and that scene alone. But we find out, yes, the babysitter's like being a, a scab and is telling all this stuff except for she's really not she's just saying he likes to sleep a lot he doesn't have a job but he loves his sister stuff that we don't already know but there's nothing 
wrong. Oh, and he's going to start working nights. She like lets um, these people know about his new job. He does have a new job. They come up with a plan to get him fired so that the aunt can go to the courts and be like, look, he's a bum. He has no job. He can't keep anything. Literally the easiest job in the world and he couldn't fucking do it. And they plan to sabotage his job just to get, again, a probably not even that big of a check. They are willing to ruin a man's life for basically nothing. I will say people have done a lot more for a lot less money. Like, yeah, I but I still say, think that's garbage. I know. I agree with you. Trash behavior. Okay. So Trash. we are now at night two of this job. We did not yes. keep track of how many nights which we should have done. We got so wrapped. I got so wrapped up in this movie. I was not thinking of how many nights he was there. Yeah. I know that this is night two. We get a nice little foxy shadow, like silhouette mm -hmm. at a certain point. He dreams again. And this time he gets slashed by one of the kids. It's foxy. Mm -hmm. And the kid turns around and has black eyes with like stuff coming out of it. Super nightmare. Wakes yeah. up to all of the power going crazy. He has to flip the switch, flip the breaker. Foxy is standing in the doorway waiting to come get him. He switches the lights off and on and then Foxy's gone again. Yeah. And then you hear this knocking at the door. Like I would say really loud, like pounding at the door. Yes. Kind of knocking. Like trying to get in danger, danger kind of knocking. Yeah. And we get Vanessa. Fun fact, Vanessa is also a character in the Five Nights at Freddy's lore. Yes. Oh, I know. I know Vanessa. I love <laughs> I I love memes. And Five Nights at Freddy's is a really good meme factory. And I lost it. I was like, Vanessa! <laughs> and then she gets and Vanessa is a police officer. Um, in this movie. She goes, she's like, um, Oh, I thought you would have fallen asleep. Like, kind of making fun of him. I like. I thought she was like, oh, she's kind of like flirting with him. Which honestly, same. I'd also flirt with Josh Hutcherson. Any oh, chance I got? She was flirting. She was she flirting. Was but she's like, I. This is part of my beat. It's a regular. I'm really familiar with this place. Have you been able to meet the animatronics? Um, I loved coming here as a kid. Like, she's kind of giving too much explanation for how well she knows this place, and it's a little off. Like, you watch it and you're like. Something's not adding up with this. I don't yeah. Something's just not quite right. Also, she, a note, he got hurt in the dream. Yeah. Also got hurt in real life. And she notices, hurt, hey, you're bleeding. If you get hurt in the dream, you hurt for real. Yeah. Die in the game, you die for real. She is taking him through. It's. I thought the dialogue pacing in this scene was also a little bit clunky for how Vanessa was trying to like explain the animatronics and Freddy's, it was a little bit clunky. Pacing was a little goofy. The dialogue. I feel like the pacing of this movie was weird. I feel like there was a lot of buildup for not a lot of scary at the end. And I feel like the pacing was weird. I feel like the dialogue was clunky at parts. Like it, it was not the greatest. This one in particular, it felt very clunky to me. Yes. Yeah. She's so the animatronics turn on. They're doing their classic stage things. The whole thing is that 
Freddie is the main singer in a band. So let's talk about the animatronics. Like, should we just talk about them? So yeah. Freddie is a bear who wears a top hat. He's a brown bear that wears a top hat. He is the singer of the band. And then there is Bonnie, who is a bunny rabbit, a blue rabbit, who plays the guitar. And there is Chica, who is a chicken, who has a little cupcake. She carries a cupcake around. And then there is Foxy on a separate stage, a little bit ways away. And Foxy is a pirate. He has a hook for a hand, and he's, as you would guess, a fox. So he's a fox pirate, has an eye patch, has a hook for a hand. Those are the four animatronics that we have. So she turns on the animatronics and is like, look it, look at them go. And then is like being like, hey, want to dance? Like she is making moves on this complete stranger as yeah. a police officer. They're both on the job. Like she did not go to the school of Deputy Dewey. I'm on duty right now. Yeah, she she did go to the Gail Weathers school of getting it, though. She went for it. But it does then introduce the maintenance mechanic from the games to the movie because yeah. the animatronics start short-circuiting, essentially. Yeah. Uh, she introduces the concept of maintenance. And then she kind of gets, like, a little bit weird talking about, like, the kids who went missing. Like, she's yes. just a little bit cagey. And, like, her behavior is weird. And she's speaking to him as if she is so much older and wiser when they are the same age. It's just kind of... <sighs> Which yeah. I like, we know that she has a secret, no issues, no notes with how she's talking to him at this point. It's just story-wise, I'm like, this is so obvious that she's going to be involved with something somehow because she's acting so weird when they're the same age. Yeah, I will say, like, that is the thing is, this movie is obvious. Like, I don't mean that in, like, a necessarily bad way, but there are no jump scares and, like, there's no, like, twists in this game. You're like, all right, I know, or in this movie, you're like, I know where this is going. Like, this, this is predictable, I would say. It is a PG-13 movie based on a game that we've played, so I was expecting it to be a little bit more predictable, and I wasn't expecting to have huge, crazy jump scares past kind of what we got uh, near the end of the movie. I would say going in, like as someone who knows little to nothing about the lore, I didn't even, I don't even know who Vanessa is like in the games and things like that. Ironic considering. Yeah, really whatever. funny that I only really know it through memes and like the MatPat, yeah. or not MatPat, uh, Markiplier Let's Plays. So I just think it's really funny. I'm like, I saw it was Vanessa and I freaked out. I was so excited for Vanessa. Yeah. I think that even as someone who knows little to nothing about that, that type of like oh the random police officer that and i think part of it is that oh we meet a character this character is gonna become important like which i will say it it wasn't a very big cast they did keep the story really contained to only a few characters at a time yeah. um but she says to stay on top of it like don't let your guard down stay alert at freddy's yeah she leaves, his shift is over, he goes home. As so at this point is when we also learn that the five kids went missing and that's why this place got shut down. Yeah, she says 
like she's telling him like kind of um a little bit about the animatronics but also mentions the kids who went missing which is when she was just kind of being kind of weird and saying vague shit just acting a little bit suspicious sorry i don't know if you'd said that already i i feel like after i said i was like oh she already said that yeah i did kind of mention it but whatever so yeah it's just kind of like weird she vanessa is now just a character to give us exposition she leaves and now mike needs to leave his shift is over it's the morning he goes home we see him locking up that's something i want us to note he is locking up and then as he's driving away we see like the boyfriend from the waffle house and his gang of friends and they are waiting for him to leave he calls the girlfriend is like tell everyone to get over here and you also get over here and then they go through and they start trashing freddy's they pick the lock and then they start track like they break in and they start trashing the place yeah we Which see is heartbreaking to watch actually yeah like that I, was it a was very so sad scene it was sick and twisted i was upset i did not like watching them trash yeah it. because we find we know from the waffle house scene i didn't say this they are getting paid a thousand dollars to do this for one thousand dollars they are going through and trashing this building just to get someone else fired someone who you can assume the babysitter and at least the boyfriend are friends with because he feels comfortable enough to call her over to babysit and watch his sister close relationship there they're willing to sell him down the river and fuck up his entire life and his family for a thousand dollars yeah it's the motivation is weird like i don't understand like i don't know it just like i get (sighs) i understand trying to i understand people do shitty things for money because people are desperate a thousand dollars is not that much money to sell your friend down the river and then i would also like to say i think they could have fixed that plot hole because it's it's just this plot hole that kind of keeps running throughout the entire movie had they just given abby this huge trust fund inheritance and also made the money like just give it the state make it simply the fact that he was about to get evicted and had no other choice and needed a job like to say hey if you get evicted your sister's gonna go into foster care like you could have literally done that and been like hey if you get evicted and are shown to be unfit to be uh like custodian she's gonna go into like foster like you could have done right, that but we needed to have something have happen job well and then you also just have random kids vandalize it and then that kind of fixes that as well um because we we know on i guess the third i don't know how we want to quantify the timeline because they destroy this house or they destroy the place they are trashing it which yeah. i was annoyed because there's cameras everywhere and even though they're using 80s technology they do say that uh when we go through that whole matthew lillard phone call yeah because this was open in the 80s they haven't updated the tech in here is essentially just from the 80s never really move forward except for you have the most amazing animatronics by any given standard um (laughs) timestamps still existed in the 80s so these cameras would have been recording showing that matt um that josh hutcherson left for the day so there was just no one here and these guys then broke in and started destroying stuff but whatever they um are stealing like all of these quarters just trying to steal stuff really make a mess of it and then the animal animatronics start acting weird 
So it starts with Chica's cupcake. Yeah. So the guy goes into the kitchen. He's trying to figure out how to trash his place. He opens, like, he hears something in the fridge or the freezer, goes to open it up, and inside is Chica's cupcake. He hears another noise somewhere else, looks away, looks back, and Chica's cupcake is gone. And then we see Chica behind him. He turns back around, and the cupcake is back, and then on that guy's face and is essentially yeah. eating that man's face off. And Chica is just standing there watching. We have this other guy. This Okay, so this guy's name is Hank. I think he's one of the only ones that got a name. So his name's Hank. He looks through the window. He's like trash and stuff, whatever. Looks through the window, sees this, or hears this guy screaming, sees what's going on. And then Chica is standing there who I need to remind everyone is a giant fucking chicken in an apron that says, let's eat. And Chica's head turns to stare at him and he fucking loses it. <laughs> and we see the yeah. sequence because the boyfriend comes in to the security office. He's about to like smash everything up. And then he starts seeing Hank run through the entirety of the building screaming yeah. at the top of his lungs like fucking it's freaking so out funny honestly <laughs> yeah it it is a little bit comical he is just running through screaming um the he's like what the fuck is happening what's going on yeah like it it's a little bit funny so that guy's bit running funny. he's trying to hide he gets into a, like an office the boy or like a closet he gets into a closet the boyfriend is trying to come find him and then all of a sudden he can't open the closet door to get out and behind him is bonnie the bunny rabbit and this yeah. man all of a sudden is screaming in the door he gets and all we see is his hand slam up against the door and then the door swings open and there's a bloody handprint on the door again pg-13 but there we go so the animatronics kill them all and then we have it go back to josh he gives his Wait, sister i want to talk about the last kill i'm sorry okay so the last one is uh the boyfriend and he's in the security office he sees this happening or he like runs back to the security office close the door the cupcake comes through the fucking vent and is trying to get him through the vent and then, um, which that is very reminiscent of the game as well. Very reminiscent of the gate of one of the games because of the different vents and things like that that can come get you through the vents. Like I know that there's a game that does that and you have to like um, different things like that. And then Foxy ends up getting the last guy. And um, I, I do not note how that is. But then the girlfriend comes in or the babysitter and she's like, hey guys, what's going on like where are you like hello and she sees a kid in there and she just follows this kid and then freddie is just standing there and she like goes in to look into freddie's mouth and inside of the mouth you can see a smaller metallic mouth which again is reminiscent of one of the games 
And then we get a shadow silhouette of this girl getting chopped in half. Right in half. And it's it's a shadow silhouette, but it goes boom. And then you just see torso or like legs down fall. Which I think is one of the, if not the only, one of the only moments in this movie that I was like, oh. Uh, oh, we had that. That happened. Yeah, it was it was something else. Um, and then on that note, we go back to Mike and he's giving his sister like this fake security badge to be like, oh, yeah. you're part of the security at Freddy's too. She does not care. She Abby does not care about this. She's mad at him. She's like, you cannot let me live with our aunt. She doesn't like her. Um, they really have this moment of sibling bonding over how much they do not like this woman, how much they do yeah. not like the aunt. Yeah. Then we're back. Uh, my notes kind of trail off there because I call him an honorary Delph, and I wanted to know why they wouldn't just make him a Delph. Like, why not make Josh Hutcherson a Delph in this movie? And that's where my mind was in that part. And I then think I think I jumped. Slightly too young, right? I don't think so. I don't know. Um, but anyways, so yeah, the sister sees the legal papers of like the custody. Yeah. So she, the little sister finds the custody papers. It's like, you cannot let me be taken away by her. It's kind of this emotional scene. Then Vanessa shows up at the door. Yes, that's right. Vanessa comes, she's knocking on, which is why I'm like, I think my notes jump off here because that was an important scene. She comes and she's pissed. Like, Again, he just got home. Vanessa shows up and is like knocking on the door and she's pissed as hell. That's how Mike finds out that there was a break in and she's like, you would still be liable for not locking the door, which I'm like that. I don't think tracks. I don't think that's right. No, especially because like we could track exactly like they opened up a garage door or something and we know exactly where they came in and you can track that and like. So here's the thing. I know that it's 80s tech. They did not smash the cameras. They did not get rid of the cameras. They may have deleted the footage from the night before, but there's stuff where I'm like, that's not his fault. You can't hold him liable for a break-in that happened not on his watch. Well, especially because I think they like broke the lock on the door and you can go and be like, look, the lock is broken. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it's one of those things. I think one of these things is, She's being intense about it because she knows more. And like Oh, she knows that people just got she, murdered. Yeah. Spoiler alert here, she's in on it. She knows exactly I won't say exactly how, but she knows what's happening at at Freddy's. Um, but she's freaking out. She's like, I told you you have to stay vil- like vigilant. She finds out about the sleeping pills that he was taking. And yeah he's like hey can we go somewhere else to talk i will tell you everything i'll give you my side of the story of what's happening why i was taking sleeping pills um i just don't want to do it in front of abby so they go go... and they're like sitting by a river or something like weird to me like why not just be like abby go to your room like let's sit at the kitchen table i don't know it just felt weird to me yeah they go out whatever go away from the house i don't know it felt very weird to me yeah whatever they they're talking he gives the whole childhood trauma explains what happened to his brother his whole thing about the dreams this is and where she we find out his mom is dead and his dad yeah. either also dead or completely out of the picture somewhere we don't know we just know father not in the picture yeah 
again, it's, I think, left purposefully vague because they do want to make more movies. So who knows what could happen? Yeah. But that's kind of the whole thing. Um, we don't really learn a whole lot about Vanessa at this point, I don't think. No. She doesn't say anything. But she doesn't think that he's crazy, which is a first because most people hear this kind of story from him and think that he's insane. She does take his sleeping pills and then throws them away. Like she throws them in the river. Yeah. Hucks it. And my only note with that part was those are not your pills to throw away because he would have to go to a doctor, go to a physician and get his prescription refilled Yeah, after she like, heated it. Yeah, that was... I feel like also her, that is the like writing of her. It's medication to me. It's prescription medication that she just throws into the river that anyone could then go get out of the river. That's not a safe way to dispose of drugs, which a police officer would know. Yeah, it doesn't. I. Uh, so yeah. it's just like a little bit weird. A but little bit. whatever, we're moving forward. She's like. Stay alert, stay awake, blah, blah, blah. Then he has to go to work. Mike has to go to work. He's trying to call the babysitter, but surprise, surprise, she's not picking up. So he decides to take Abby to work with him. Yeah, so Abby has to come to work with him. They set up a fort in the security office for her to sleep in. She goes to sleep, and he sets cleaning up the entire place. So he goes through and he picks up, like yeah. cleans up everything that they trashed essentially. So there's a cleaning montage, but one thing that is suspiciously missing from this cleaning montage is any trace of blood or human remains. So it's like they just went in, trashed the place and left not dead. But we all know as the audience, there might probably be bodies somewhere, or at least there should be. There is no trace of these humans. Which to like to like kind of jump forward a little bit spoilers for the end of the movie which we'll get to anyways it's very likely that vanessa's dad was like hey someone broke in go clean it up or went over himself and so either he or vanessa cleaned up the bodies and the blood and left everything else trashed. So I know that Vanessa, I think that it was probably Vanessa who went and cleaned up the bodies because she was saying, tell me a good reason why I don't arrest you right here, right now. She said that she was, she saw it when she was driving back on her beat and went to him. I don't think that she ever called in the break-in. I don't think it was ever officially reported. So she yeah. would have had to go in, seen that it was trashed, find the bodies yeah um then she would have went to his house after that but did not clean up the rest of the mess which is a little bit crazy to me but whatever well then maybe Mike, she did it so that like when he shows up he knows that there was a break-in but not that there was any blood yeah. like something like that maybe i just don't know how you could get rid of the bodies without well i guess if you go out a back way i don't know it was just one of those things where i i noticed that there was no human remains, blood, gore, anything like that. Which, yes, it's a PG-13 movie, but nothing was amiss where I would have thought Mike should have, have noticed seen that. Something. Yeah, yeah, I would have think I would have thought that he would have seen something, especially when he's throwing all this stuff away. Right. And I think, so, we have one guy died in the kitchen. 
one guy died in a back hallway and then the other guy died i don't know i don't remember where i don't think mike knows about those back hallways or looks at them at all ever i know there's like that back room and like where there's those like are kept i don't of know like rooms and stuff back there it's very weird yeah like, this is a exist? really big building i have yeah. to say for what i would normally think a chuck e cheese is but right. regardless there's just nothing and i would have thought that he would have seen something he no, didn't. I, I completely agree with you but he gets the place cleaned up he gets it all put back together cool great awesome and then he immediately goes to sleep he passes out on the job yet again even with his little sister there in the background and he goes to sleep he tries to start lucid dreaming we cut and he's like we see him kind of falling asleep a little bit of a time skip we see him sleeping then there's like this whispering and the and abby wakes up and she's trying yeah. to figure out like what's going on she says i'll be right back which is the cardinal rule you don't say that you don't say that or you don't matthew say lillard's it. gonna get you yeah so then we have um we see her like leaving the room and then we go into the dream that mike is having i would just like to know if green crewnecks are going to start flying off the shelves this christmas season everyone's going to want a green crew neck if i see a man walking around with his girl wearing a green crew neck i'm gonna know immediately what that girl was doing that man did not buy it himself that w that girl got it for him so she can pretend to have a josh hutcherson i also love that it's low-key almost looking like shaggy it, yeah it's a little bit shaggy-esque but we see him in his dream he's chasing after the kids yeah sorry i was reading my next note and i'm like what was i trying to say because i have abby why leave and dude why sleep and i'm like what was i trying to say with that uh but we see him chase trying to chase after the kids trying to figure out what's going on just a little bit more of the dream sequence here yeah and then we hear abby's blood curdling scream yeah and that wakes him up he he runs to go get her and like try to save her because we see her like we just hear her screams and we know the animatronics are a little bit weird he's running to go get her yeah then we see her with the machines and she's like they're my friends yeah, I'm having so, so much they, fun. She's like not screaming. She's like scream laughing, like having just such a like, good time. Oh, they're tickling me. They're so great. Look at these are my friends. Yeah. And introduces all of them. And the animatronics like listen to her and they like. Yeah. And they just want to play games with her. And then yes. Vanessa shows I, up again, I think, in this part. I think that they go home at this point because okay. my next note is about the sisters drawings so abby right. has been drawing pictures of all of these kids and we find out because before abby agrees to leave she gives one of the animatronics i don't remember which one a little sticky note that has a heart on it and she's like they really like drawings yes also i want to say this was night three Yes, this was night three. So I'm um, just going to try and keep track as we go through this. <laughs> so, oh, I'd also like to say 
um freddy does start to like the animatronics turn and start like walking i would say a little bit menacingly towards mike and then yeah. abby runs up to him and makes it clear that he's with her and then they back off because yeah. they they like her and i would just like to say that freddy eating all the adults without kids at this child's play area i fucking love it eat the creeps i loved that part um and i feel so bad for mike because this must be the freakiest night of his life he's Can having this weird lucid dreaming his sister's gone after this break-in thing she's just screaming i could not be me i would have had to check myself into a sane institution immediately so the sister has been drawing pictures of these kids like she it's shown that she loves drawing and a bunch of the pictures that she's been drawing up until like even before meeting these kids has been of or meeting the animatronics has been of these kids that went missing and there's also drawings of a yellow rabbit which is the first like time that we get like oh there's a yellow rabbit yes so then Mike and Abby have a conversation in which Abby tells- is like, I talk to ghosts. Yeah, so we find out it's the kids um, who went missing. Their ghosts are in the animatronics. Yeah. And then he tells her about the brother who went missing. Right. Because up until this point, it's assumed that Abby does not know that she should have had a second brother. I think he um, was like, you know about him or like, you know about him, right? And she was like, yeah, you never talk about him. So like, she knows he exists, but I don't think that they've ever like really mentioned him, which the brother's name's yeah. Garrett, right? Yeah, Garrett. Okay. So it's kind of like, yeah, Garrett when goes missing. Is kind of telling more of the story and is explaining like the lucid dreams. We don't get a ton of what their conversation really was and like the nitty gritty of it all. Uh, but we find out about the yellow rabbit um then in the next night he brings her again so on night four he brings her and that's when vanessa shows up and she's unhappy um she does not like that she abby was brought which is understandable given that's the main target of her father's thing which we'll talk about in a little bit makes sense but i want to talk about what happens on night four yeah night four is the wildest fucking ride i think in this entire movie they so it's mike and abby and vanessa and these four animatronics and they build a fucking pillow fort yeah with the animatronics and they're just playing and there's this whole sequence of the animatronics being nice fun playful people like it's very weird and then they are building a fort and Vanessa's like, I'm going to go find us a tarp for a roof. And Mike's like, I'll come with you. And then they go into the back and they have this discussion, which is very weird because Vanessa has been going along with this whole thing. And he's like, you knew this whole time that this is what they were. And she was like, yeah, I've known this whole time. They like Abby, like whatever going along with this. And then it's like, if you ever bring Abby back again, I'll shoot you. <laughs> oh, wait, yes. no, she says that Which, later. Here's the thing. No, so they have this whole conversation. He finds out more about the missing kids, how they're put into the bodies of the animatronics. And the more spring locks. Lore, and the spring locks. So he learns about the spring locks and everything. 
he asks her how she knows this, like what is connected with he tries to be like, how would you know about this? Like, what's happening? Um, she's clearly aggressive, clearly hiding something. He like just asks about it or like asked a question that was too point like too personal or something. And then she threatens him. Out of nowhere, complete tone shift. If you bring Abby back, I will shoot you. Yeah. And so we also learn with the Springlock suits, there's like a doll sitting in the back that is like a, a future character. I'm pretty sure. I don't know who she is, but like she's like a baby doll. And you see these like spring-locked contraptions that are where the rib cage should be. And Vanessa's like, I wouldn't touch that. She takes a broom, she sticks it in, and they like snap and break the broom. Yeah. And so we are like, okay, these things are dangerous. At this point as well, Abby gets knocked out by bonnie's guitar so what we saw earlier was sparks flying on bonnie's guitar abby gets knocked out by it and then as they're leaving they have the conversation out by the cars where vanessa's like i'll shoot you and i'm like yeah girl you need some help incredibly aggressive um so the next night he's like okay i can't bring abby back i does something drastic he asks the aunt to babysit Yes. He does not tell Abby about this beforehand, kind of springs it on her. Um, spring traps it on her. Spring traps it on her. <laughs> kind of lets her know about it in real time. Oh, wait, no. He has another dream. Mm. Okay. Tell me about it. I didn't make note of this one. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This is the... Hold on. Let me make sure my notes. Um. Yeah, there's... He has another dream. Here's the problem. The only note I made for this is, uh-oh. But he has another lucid dream where the kids come to him and they say, we'll help you find Garrett. We'll give you back Garrett. Yes. Like, the dream has changed. This is no longer the right memory. Um, The ghost kids say, we'll give you back Garrett. This is what you want. We'll do that. Give us Abby. Well, they don't say Abby at that point. He says, I'll give anything. And yeah, then so the dream ends. Anything. No, he says that they can take Abby in the dream. Then he says no. Yeah, because he comes back and he, that's what he tells Vanessa. He's like, I said that they could take her. And then all this shit goes sideways. But he says that it's okay if they take Abby, they can have Abby. But then he changes his mind after thinking about it for a second. I think there's two. So I think that dream happens after they get home. He has that dream and then he calls the aunt. But it's not until this next night so night five that he is in there sleeping because that's the whole conversation where they're like you can have abby is also when he starts getting slashed by all of them yeah and then vanessa comes and gets him takes him to an emergency outpost and then he goes back so i think there's two dreams okay one thing i will say we watched this and took notes and the fact that we're coming back two days later trying to remember how this movie went and like the plot points of it i do think lean into the pacing of this movie being a little bit off at points where a lot happens a lot blends together and there's not good distinction between the nights which i think they should have had better distinction between night one night two night three night four night five yes even something that's like night two like across the screen or something like that like i wouldn't even say that so much is i think they need to have bigger plot points have like night one obviously we learn about the custody thing night 
two, I think we should have learned more about like Vanessa night three, like which they kind of did, but they didn't have the major plot points for each thing happening. A lot happened at the same time. And then because they kept going back to the same dream over and over again, it made it really difficult for me at least to remember chronologically through this movie what things are happening instead of I remember these big plot points but I can't tell you at which point they happen because he does give them Abby when the dream changes because he notices the dream is wrong this isn't how it's supposed to go and then they take Abby but they take like Freddie goes to get Abby in their house when the aunt is babysitting I want to talk about that in a little bit yeah let me find this first um okay so I I stand corrected it is one dream. Yeah. It happens night five in the Faz- in Freddy Fazbear's. In Fazbear's. Okay. So yes. he calls the aunt. The aunt mm-hmm. so he calls is babysitting. Because the, the other thing that we have in this is he calls the aunt. The aunt comes over and babysits. And then we get this wonderful scene at the pharmacy where he goes and gets more meds. And the thing is, is this is, okay, this is what it is. It's not night five. He leaves during the day. Yes. With the aunt babysitting. And he goes back to sleep during the day at Freddy Fazbear's because he thinks these kids will help him. Right. Okay. So also noting the sister gets pissed at him because the aunt comes and crosses his face out on all of the drawings that she has. Yes. So he is no longer safe to her. It's and the ghosts, the ghost children know that because remember, Abby had that invisible friend, had the imaginary friend who I think was one of the animatronic ghosts. Like, I don't know if they said that thinking is that she the invisible friends were. Wait, I just had had a thought. No, here's the thing. I only had had the one friend, I think. I think I think I I think I I think I think I think what i think i figured it out i think it's garrett you think the friend is garrett i think the invisible friend might be garrett because it's possible because of who killed all of them they're all contained there but garrett would be contained to his family see here's the thing we just don't know what happened to garrett and there's a lot of other characters who show up in five nights that could well like there's other animatronics that we haven't seen yet. So I think that it's one of the kids. I like your thought process. I'm just saying, I think one of the ghosts who possess the animatronics, one of the kids is the imaginary friend. I don't know who that would be. I think it's one of them because as soon as she starts crossing off, the kids kind of turn on Mike. He has the weird dream that's different. He agrees to give Abby away but immediately changes his mind is like, no, that's stupid. I can't do that. Everything's about Abby kind of has this come to Jesus moment that he needs to stop living for Garrett and start living for Abby. Yes. And And then the dream turns into a nightmare and he starts, he is in the middle of these woods and the kids are running up and slashing him, but he can't like keep track because they're going too fast. They're, they're, going invisible whatever it is they he starts getting cut all over the place and then there's whirring up above 
and he wakes up in the same chair we saw the first security guard in. Yes. Um, oh, I also want to talk about, we know that Freddy goes to get Abby. So while this is happening, Freddy, the animatronic Freddy, leaves, goes and gets Abby. I'm pretty sure kills the ant because we, go ahead. It's not Freddy. This is what I've been holding in literally since I saw this. Remember when I was like, there's a thing I want to talk to you about and I can't talk to you about it until we record? Wasn't it Freddy the animatronic? Here's the thing. It's not Freddy because it is a different Freddy. And I can tell you how I know this. Okay. Because the Freddy that goes to the house is missing an ear and an eye. And then we see regular Freddy later with an ear and an eye. Hey, so can you that- show me that? Show me... Uh- Send me a screenshot. I don't remember that at all. I saw that because here's the thing is all the different games have different versions. So there's Freddy and then there's Withered Freddy, Nightmare Freddy, Toy Freddy. Like there's all these different versions throughout the different games. Which, yeah, kind of goes back to what we were just saying about the different animatronics. The brother could, Garrett could be in one. I don't know if that's the imaginary friend. I don't want to say it is. But... A Freddy, while you're sending that to me, A Freddy goes to get her. Um, There's a funny part with an Uber driver or taxi guy where he's waiting and there's kind of this jump scare moment where he's just like waiting, waiting, waiting and then looks in the back and there's an animatronic and a little girl. And that's one reason why I realized is because the jump scare with that guy is the eye is missing and then we see regular Freddy again later. And the eye is not missing. Oh, I can't wait for this. There we go. Okay, there I sent is. it. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Now, it is weird because- Can you show me is... in the taxi as well? Mm-hmm. Shoot, I missed the jump scare. Sorry. I'm trying to show you. I know. Like, I'm so tied up in this, and I really wish that you could screen share with me right now. Yeah, so- I did not even notice that at all. The only reason I did is because of that jump scare with the missing eye. And then in a later scene, we see regular Freddy again. And I was like, wait a second. I that that that's completely. a different Freddy. So we know then, amazing, truly amazing. I'm so glad you picked up on that. It is weird because the boy that comes out of it is the boy that we recognize as Freddy. Like the blonde one that has been in the dreams and everything. Yeah. However, now, this is where we're going to get a little bit lore heavy. Because in the dream sequences, I will show you this because this was just up on my screen as well. And I noticed it. Oh my god, there's just a bunch of screenshots of Josh crying. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay, this is a perfect one. So in these dream sequences, there are five kids we only know of four animatronics. Now, if we take a look at those five kids, there's a kid wearing bunny ears. We would assume Bonnie. There's a kid with red hair and a hook for a hand, Foxy. There's a kid in a white top hat. And then there's a little girl wearing yellow. We would assume Chica. And then there's the kid in the front. Now, top hat is what Freddie wears. 
but this is a white top hat and this is not the kid talking. Is this Freddy? Who is this? This blonde kid is the one that shows up in the withered or other Freddy animatronic suit. So is this the Freddy? Is this someone else? We don't know. We don't know. And it's a good scene. Like there's a lot that just happens. We assume that he also killed the ant because all we can see is the feet of the ant in front of the TV. And then Abby goes in the taxi. I love the little taxi scene. Vanessa, I think, goes and saves Mike from his, like, dream slashing or, like, wakes up. No, what? I don't remember what happens now. I am so lost in this movie. (gasps) Okay, okay. I just looked at another thing. I don't think the blonde kid is Freddy. Do you think? I think the kid in the top hat is Freddy. And I think this... Because I just went back to the scene where the babysitter comes in and she sees that kid and then the kid runs and then she goes into the room and Freddie is there, you know? Yeah. The kid is the top hat kid, not the blonde kid. Ooh. I'm luring this movie right now. <laughs> oh my God. I like, I can't think of any thoughts. I just want to talk about the kid. Who could this kid be? I know. Because they're like you said, there's so many different characters. Who could this kid be? Who is the fifth kid? Who is the? So yes, we. So we get that. We know that Abby's now on her way. Josh is able to escape his little confinement from his dream. He unscrews. He's able to get out. Vanessa's there, and then we find out from Vanessa that the dead bodies of the children are in the animatronics. Yes. Then we have, okay, so we have the knowledge now that the dead children or like the missing kids to stay hidden because police were looking all over the place to keep them hidden. They were put inside the animatronics, the one place they would never look. So yes. now the animatronics are haunted by that. They are after him. And they're like having this fight scene and like 80s music starts playing. And I just wanted to start dying laughing in tears because I know you were sitting right next to me and we were, this is so funny. We're watching it together, dead silent because neither one of us wants to talk because we're not recording. Just making notes, like just stone face staring ahead because I'm like, I was laughing so hard. I'm like, no, I wasn't. And I know you'll call me a liar because I wasn't laughing so hard. No, I know what you mean. You're internally laughing. Like I get Internally, it. I was losing my mind because I'm like, that's exactly how I feel when I start having a, like, a rough day. And, like, I am also fighting animatronics to 80s upbeat music, losing my mind, losing my sister. Oh, my God. So, I'm sorry. Because I was trying to get those screenshots, I was only half listening. Did you also say that we're now at a police outpost? No, I did not talk about the police outpost. I jumped ahead to, like, they're just fighting animatronics. Things are happening. I want to talk about how fucking annoying this is. Because he's in Freddy Fazbear's is being attacked in the chair. He sees the dead bodies. Also, by the way, sees the dead bodies of all the people yeah, there. Dead bodies are there. Go, passes out or something. Vanessa gets him, takes him to a quote-unquote police outpost somewhere else. They have this whole conversation. The kids are... I also, the line where she's like, it's not just their souls in the animatronics. 
it's their bodies. <laughs> I'm just saying, would start to stink. <laughs> you would smell that. <laughs> but that they're still in the suits is such a creepy implication. It really is. And that's one of the things about the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's that you're like, ooh, I hate that. That's bad. It's it's sleeper agent ick. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, so then he takes the keys to her police car and goes back to Five Nights at Freddy's or f- back to Freddy Fazbear's, which I'm like, why did we have this entire separate scene? Just keep them all in Freddy's. Like, why did we Because leave? they had to escape because um, the person who's behind it all is the one who put him there. So when he escaped, she took him far away to try to save him because she doesn't okay, know at this point that he gave her gave yes. them permission to take Abby. He tells okay. them and then they all go to fight against the animatronics and save Abby. Um so also at this point indicates that Afton took his brother. So her father is William Afton. So she does imply she implies that he because implies he sees a picture. That. And then we find out that the career counselor Matthew Lillard is William Afton, which I guess, sorry, I spoiled it by calling him the wrong name at the beginning of this episode. But eh, I think everybody knew that at this. He's listed as yeah. William Afton, so we all kind of expected it. But like, so it is, it in this point, alluded to he took the brother. It is also alluded that Vanessa knew this, which means also knew who he was and has known the entire time. Yeah. And she seemed in on it because there's a picture of her as a child with her dad in the suit um, and she's holding the same toy plane that Garrett in these dream flashbacks is playing with when he's taken and has with him when he is taken. Yeah. So we now know who took Garrett, what happened to Garrett. Um, We know that the five children in the dream are not Garrett though, because we know what Garrett looks like and it's not one of those kids. What if Garrett's balloon boy? Oh my god. And that's why he keeps like jumping in to like see his brother. <laughs> okay. So All right. I, he's <laughs> in the building. He crawls through the vent, which I want to say very reminiscent of Security Breach. Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Because you're yes. crawling through vents in that game. So also I want to say the weird Freddy, they show up and then Abby's like, okay, let's go inside. Turns around, Weird Freddy's gone. Like, he just disappears. So this yeah, kid, we do, not. like, don't know. Don't know anything. Don't know. So Chica. Oh, Vanessa does say that it's cattle prods and electricity that they use right. against the animatronics. So Vanessa does try to do a little bit of redemption and teaches Mike how to fight against these animatronics. Yes. So he goes back. Chica takes, so they're dancing, whatever. And Chica's like, hey, Abby. Let's go. And takes Abby to the chair. And the doll that we saw in the back room before is now in this room with the chair. And Chica's like essentially being like, get in the chair. And Abby's like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't want to do it. And Chica starts forcing Abby into the chair. Mike, meanwhile, electrocutes Bonnie and Freddie, who are still on stage. Runs back, gets her just in time, electrocutes Chica, and then they're running down the hall, and there's this entire scene 
where the fucking cupcake is eating Mike's leg. <laughs> yeah. Just having a I little think, snack. I think this cupcake's my favorite character. <laughs> Honestly. Which I'm like, because that's the thing. Is this blonde kid the cupcake? So I Who's saw something. The cupcake? I saw something where the cupcake is actually like the girl's, is like Chica's dog. Or like would have had a pet dog and like the dog is the cupcake because it's oh, a little bit more animalistic. But you don't see, see the dog in. Yeah, we never see a dog. Yeah, we never see a dog in, or at least. Uh, within the context of his dreams, who is the children and everything. At least I don't remember seeing a dog, but that's what I saw online and that's what I choose to believe because, again, there are much smarter fans out there than I am. So, but that's what I saw, like, on Twitter or something uh, that it's... And then would also explain, like, the... Yeah, like, also explain, like, the more animalistic nature and different nature of the cupcake in comparison to the other animatronics that makes sense i get that so that's what i saw so abby runs away mike is getting eaten by this cupcake foxy sees abby goes to hide and goes to get her and we have this gorgeous shot in the ball pit i really loved this shot of like through the balls of the ball pit abby and foxy like i really liked that shot i think that was very cool I think that was reminiscent of another game where you could hide in the ball pit from them. I think so. Like, yeah, I, I think that's, I think security yeah. breach or one of the, I think one of the newer ones. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, you're hiding in the ball pit underneath all the balls. And I really liked how they did that shot. It was very visually interesting. Yes. Then Mike is out there trying to find Abby. He's in the main. So the rest of this takes place in the main like lobby area or the main like room of Freddy's. The dining hall. The dining hall area. And we have a yellow rabbit that shows up. And Mike tries electrocuting the rabbit and it doesn't do anything. And then the yellow rabbit starts talking. Which I could hear, I guess we knew that it was Matthew Lillard from the photograph, yes. but I could hear him when he was speaking in the rabbit voice. I could hear his voice underneath all of the robot sound. Part of me was hoping that you weren't going to know that it was him so that I could visually watch you be like, oh my God. <laughs> no, I knew it was him. It yeah. was pretty advertised out there. I think we got a little, I tried to avoid spoilers. I knew some stuff. Yeah, um, same. It. So then he's like kind of going over this whole thing. He's monologuing. Shaggy lived long enough to where instead of unmasking, he was unmasked. Bar, 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 bar. I mean, he did unmask himself, didn't he? Yeah. But still, like, he's now the bad guy. Yeah. And is monologuing. I, I do have a note that says, hi, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say Matthew Lillard. Fantastic job. job. Fantastic He's acting. Such a good actor. Also, they make a reference to an earlier line with the that's two jobs. Because yes. this is important I want to talk about because in the beginning, when Mikey's getting this job, he the career counselor's like, all you have to do is watch the cameras and do something else. And maybe and Mike clean up. Goes, maybe clean up. Yeah. And Mike says, that's two jobs. And now here he's talking to Vanessa and says, All you had to do was keep an eye on the place and 
like lure him in here because they were all, playing yeah, all you had like to do it. is like lure all basically what he said was all you had to do was keep an eye on the security guard or not let the security guards get too close and or not let the security guards figure it out and kill them if they got too close and she said that's two jobs which to me i'm like kill them if they got is she killing people like so yeah it seems like she is partially behind the murders as well again very vague information as to how much she knows how in on it she is Mm -hmm. and this might be controversial is she even actually a police officer Ooh, because she just shows up and says this is on my beat i'll shoot you like she has a police officer uniform i guess she has a police car does she do we even see her we see her in a police car right we see her in a police car because we see her in the parking lot multiple times and then that's what mike takes to get back to freddy's and he has the sirens on and stuff but she doesn't take no, him he doesn't, directly but like but she doesn't take him to the police station she takes him to like an outpost thing but they're she, not in the station right but he takes the police car but you can buy old police cars or mod your car mm-hmm. and if she's already killing people i would not put it past her to steal a police car do illegal modifications to her car to look like a police car yeah lie Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there is the possibility that she wasn't even telling the truth about being a police officer in the first place because she's acting weird acting suspicious throwing medication into the river which you would usually you know as a police officer confiscate it you have ways to dispose of illegal if she's substances. a police officer that has a beat why is she staying and building pillow forts with animatronics all night usually I would have to assume you would have a partner with you Mm-hmm. at least sometimes and she never makes reference to any partners we never see think, her at the police station working i think you're on to something i think you're on to something i'm just throwing it out there in case in the sequel we find out vanessa's a bad guy you heard it here first folks i well isn't the actual character of vanessa doesn't she also become a bad guy i don't think so i think she's the protagonist in one of them where she's just the security guard herself but i could be wrong i'm not Maybe she's a bad guy. I don't know. Oh, so I think what it is is she is a security guard, but you can't let her catch you because you're playing as a kid. And sometimes you have to crawl into Freddy to hide oh, from other Mitronics. that's security breach, right? I'm pretty sure that's You're asking the, the wrong dude. I'm pretty sure that's security breach. I could be wrong. She's also known as Vanny. She, she's the main antagonist of security breach okay i'm sorry i just saw another name for a character i've never heard of before i'm sorry i went i i went too deep i went i lured too i lured too much too much lore i don't know what the fuck i just read i i'm not even gonna try to explain it okay she's the main antagonist of security breach yeah moving on moving on so we also learn at this point that the drawings somehow control the animal or the animatronics so the kids like the drawings and i think it's because that's how they understand what's happening around them there Mm. is a drawing on the wall that has the yellow rabbit and like they're holding hands with all the other animatronics they're all one happy family um they have mike has abby draw a new picture be like show them what's really going on because they are also kind of turning on her they want her to join them 
they're against Mike. So there's all this fighting, all this murder and everything. Yeah. She draws a new picture that tells the truth, which is that the yellow rabbit killed them. And then the animatronics turn on the yellow rabbit and they go after him. I do want to say he stabs Vanessa. Yeah. Springtrap has a massive knife, stabs Vanessa in the, the gut, like fully just like, boom, does not care that this is his daughter. Yeah. Which here's the thing. Is Vanessa even really his daughter or did he steal another child? That's true because we don't know anything about the mother. So what happens is she puts up the drawing. He's killed all of them. They all turn on him. He's in the center. He's screaming at them like you are pathetic little beast, blah, blah, blah. I made you whatever. He's insane. We see this. Props to Matthew Lillard. Amazing acting. Fantastic. Absolutely little cupcake jumps up and bites his suit ripping off the outer layer of the suit to expose the spring locks and the spring locks start locking on him so i if i'm understanding this correctly the so the cupcake bites him takes off a chunk of the suit this and this whatever happens it sets off the spring locks in his suit. So he, they're all staring around. He's going down because this thing is like basically these things are puncturing him and squeezing him. So he's like going down. He puts on the head and he says this famous line that's like, I always come back, which like everyone was like, ah, he said the line. He said the line. Yeah. I was like, oh, scream reference. Um, that's actually also a line in uh, Five Nights at Freddy's that Springtrap says. That's really funny. I was just thinking of like, it, it feels like a Scream reference. They always come back. Oh, I mean, it is, but it's also a reference to Springtrap. That's really like, funny. Always I back. did not know that. So one of the things that happens in this, I guess, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. He puts the rabbit's head on. He becomes Springtrap, which is one of, of the main characters for future games is this yellow rabbit spring trap that is William Afton. So then the entire building starts collapsing. They get Vanessa. They run out of there. The animatronics are dragging spring trap away. Yeah. And it cuts to that sequence is over done. We're doing a wrap up now. Wrap up. Abby's starting to make friends at school. Assuming Mike has another job somewhere. Good job. Somehow. Somehow. He's being more um, present with Abby. It's going well. He's not focused on dreaming anymore. He's looking forward. No mention to the aunt or what happens there. Literally no mention of whatever that. Because you have to think about this. They just went through that. Have to take Vanessa to the hospital. They get home and the aunt is dead on the floor. Again, assuming we just don't know what happened to the aunt. I think that she's dead. She could have also just been knocked out. It is heavily implied that she is dead. Maybe she was knocked out. We don't know for sure. We just see an unconscious body, just the feet, and we never hear about the aunt again. Just saying. Also, Vanessa's now in a coma, a reference to another game. I think it is Five Nights at Freddy's 4 that takes place within a dreamscape of someone who is in a hospital. So reference to that, 
Vanessa's now in a coma. Also, now we have we get one little throwback to little blonde boy. We don't know who he is, but he opens a door and there is Springtrap twitching and convulsing sitting in a corner and they have him like locked up. The kids are keep an eye on him. Also, I just want to say that kid needs to be in a million more horror movies. He is so yeah terrifying like he is so good at what he does like ooh, yeah doesn't josh also have this line where it's like he's having a hard time processing what just happened because my last note is i'm also having a hard time processing what just happened (laughs) i agree we do get one last thing in the middle of the credits we get the same taxi driver is leaping in his car and he's like hey i'm off for the night like i told you no looks over and it's fucking balloon boy and i think we have to say goodbye to the taxi driver at that point i think balloon boy kills him yeah and then he's gone and that is the end of the movie left on some cliffhangers very clearly open for a sequel they will most likely get it they've already made back like multiple multitudes of what they put into this movie I think a lot of plot holes which i think is very reminiscent of five nights at freddy's itself because so- The lore of Five Nights at Freddy's was made after the games. And it basically, Scott was like, oh, you think it's going to be this? I'm going to make it this. And that's one of the reasons why the lore is so convoluted. Yeah, so more more background for the game. The game itself, the very first game, does not really have any story to it. We have no idea. It's just you are working overnight as a security guard. Hijinks ensue. Lore started coming afterwards. And then they would do resets and they would change things. And then with each new game or each new Freddy's, uh, because they would make different versions of Freddy's. You have the 80s version. You have one game that takes place in a hospital dream sequence, one that takes place at your house with these toys, Um, one that takes place at like this super huge, more like not Chuck E. Cheese-esque, but like Dave and Buster's meets Chuck E. Cheese-esque, like very big... Yeah. There's a daycare in it, like huge, huge, huge building. And every time a new game comes out, the lore changes slightly. So it's really difficult to keep track of. Yes. This movie did a really good job tying all of the lores together while making its own new lore. I think it was very honest to the games. But with some of the writing and the way that they chose to go with the plot, it was a little bit confusing to follow what was happening. And like yeah. the days... I think that having it with the dream sequence over and over again, which I know is also a probably a reference to another game. I, I was just think having so, honestly. You don't think that was I the don't think the dream sequence. As far as I know, I don't think the dream sequence has anything to do with Five Nights at Freddy's. No, like just reliving like the same dream over and over again, I think is oh. another Oh Or it's like you kinda okay. like keep going through like the saying. same thing. Not the specific I, beat mm, by beat, but okay. the reference to a dream happening and that's how you start right. the day. Okay, that feels that like something sense. that happened in Freddy's, okay. at least one of the games. I would um, agree with that. It's just, it, it it was very well done. I do think that it doesn't play as well in a movie versus a video game. Yeah. Just because it was really difficult. We had to keep looking it up because we kept getting confused what was happening when. And I think also one of the things of the games that is so scary is that you don't see the animatronics move. And in the movie, you see them move. They do bring out the moving animatronics very, very quickly. 
Yeah, I think they could have paced it better to be a little bit less of the moving animatronics and a little bit more of like all of a sudden they're there and then they're not. I think that would have been much more fun than to see them walking, you know? I also, I thought I had is the blonde kid could be Golden Freddy, maybe. There's a thing uh, that is Golden Freddy. I don't know anything about that, but I just want to say maybe he's Golden Freddy. Who knows? Um, yeah, I'm not going to dwell too there. hard on what it could be because there's a lot of theories and it's fun. I don't know enough lore. And knowing so. Scott, people are going to say, oh, that's who this kid is. And that's who he was planning on it being. And people are going to guess gonna do something beforehand. Different. So he's going to change who it is because that's what that's the other thing about this is that's what Scott has done the entire time is there. They guess what he's going to do and they guess correctly. So he changes it so that they weren't right. And it's. I, I do want to say, apparently. He was a little bit of a tyrant when it came to this movie. I think he rejected that's fair. so many scripts over and over again and then wrote this one because he kept rejecting script after script. And one of the Blum brothers, is it brothers? Oh, Blum know. said that if he had said anything against um, Scott, Scott would have kicked him off the movie too. So I understand this is his work. I think I would have liked to see other script proposals. There are people who do this professionally and I don't want to say it shows, but they do it professionally for a reason. And sometimes you do have to make lore changes to make it make sense. And I think yes. that while this probably would have worked really well for a video game um, where you have to play the same level over and over again, I do think that the progressive, like the progression of this movie did feel like you were progressing through a video game. You kept getting new mechanics added in, new lore. Things yeah. got harder and more tense as time went on. But it didn't really hit a lot of classic storytelling beats to help differentiate what is supposed to be happening. And I do feel like there was a lot of subplots that they started and then never acknowledged or addressed. Yeah. Because, like, what happened to the rest of the... Is no one going to talk about the rest of the gang that just disappeared? Is no one talking about the ant that disappeared? Where, why is all of this money that this gr little girl is supposed to have that apparently is so important that they have a job because she's getting evicted? There's all of these things that he kind of threw in. Also, that then she can talk to ghosts and we just don't fucking address that ever. Here's the like, other literally, thing. Literally, Mike is they just like, okay, you can talk to ghosts. They never address that there's ghosts. <laughs> That's Period. So true. That is so fucked up to me. He's thinking so much about his little brother all the time. He wants to save his brother. He needs to figure out he has to put closure on this. And it's not until he realizes like, oh, yeah, that's right. I have a little sister who also is cool, I guess, that he puts it away when she's willing to like kind of sell her down the river to relive this past. They never really touch on some of the other implications of that. And like that there's ghosts. His sister can talk to ghosts. How do you keep get these children's ghosts into the suits? Like, yeah, their bodies are in there. But like they didn't talk about any ways to make that real. There's just ghosts. Meaning that his brother could be a ghost, which would, if anything, I think make a person who taught himself how to lucid dream and has kept one of the strictest sleep schedules and regimens I've ever seen in a man. 
that would have motivated him more. So that feels very out of character for how they set up Mike. He's obsessed with finding his brother, which is also why I wish they made Mike a father instead of just an older brother. Because one, that's a pretty big age gap between him and Abby. That doesn't weird me out as much. You have big age gaps in your siblings though, right? Yeah. My my siblings, like my older sister and my younger sister are 14 years apart. So to me, if he's like in his late 20s and she's like, you know, I think she's eight. like eight. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, let's say 28. You know, that's a 20 year difference. So let's say he's like, you know, 25 and she's 10. That's a 15 year difference, you know? And like, so it, yeah, I guess to it's me, not it's also like, weird. okay, well, they had Garrett. Garrett, you know, was kidnapped and then they had another kid. It's. If we had a more concrete answer about where dad was, I might be more chill with that because the thing is, how old is the mom when she's supposed to have Garrett and like when they're kids, like in that little flashback? Because that's the only like other thing that makes me. Early 30s. Okay. Like, I feel like there's just some timeline things with this where it doesn't quite add up to me. Like, they just yeah. kind of threw things here. Whereas I think that if this was his daughter instead of his sister, I think him being obsessed with his younger brother going missing instead of, like, putting a lot more protectiveness on his sister because I feel like he's a little bit lax with her. Yeah, which you'd think it would be the opposite and he would be, like even more intense on where his sister's at and stuff like that. So it just kind of felt like there were some things, plot holes, things that don't really match character continuity. And while this movie was still very good and I still very much enjoyed it, I just have some notes in that regard. Yeah. I think it was good. It could have been better, but I think it was still an enjoyable movie. Like I still had a good time. I'd watch it again. Yeah. As a casual Five Nights enjoyer, I would say that this was a good movie. As a movie critic, I have some notes. As a Matthew Lillard fangirl, it was perfection. Oh, well, on that note, tell us about our socials. We have some socials. They are Eternal Slumber Party Pod at Instagram and threads if you go to our instagram you will see pictures of us with matthew himself and also skeet and nev and we will also be dressed up as ghost faces if you want to see that you can also dm us there if you want to chat um if you want to give us corrections suggestions tell us a fun little story whatever you want to do And if you feel like being extra special and leaving us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast app you are listening to us on, we'll make sure you don't get stuck into an animatronic suit. We do not make that promise. We cannot, like we, I, I do not want to be held responsible for keeping you out of an animatronic suit. That feels like a you problem. I'm (laughs) worried about myself in this five nights at at this Freddy's Fazbear's every man for himself. I will be in the ball pit if anyone needs me. (laughs) But on that note, send this to someone that you would go be a security guard with at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. Um, If you enjoyed us, if you hated us, then you should send it to your worst enemy because that's a really funny prank. 
have a great fish day or not. The choice is yours. Do I am so afraid that you're gonna listen back through this and hear my stomach a rumbling because I am hungry. <laughs>